Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I have a very exciting episode for you. I have a teen author with ADHD. Asher Warren is a self-published author with ADHD. He's from San Diego, California, and he's been writing since the age of seven. Writing is something I love to do, he says, because it helps him with his ADHD. And because of the ADHD, ideas just keep on flowing. He's already working on his second book, incredible, 15. I don't know what I was doing at 15, but I know I wasn't writing a book. I know that much. Anyway, welcome Asher to the podcast. Hi, Roman. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Trust me. When I get, uh, you know, emails or, or texts or calls, people reaching out to be on the podcast or want to have a dialogue, right? I'm always a yes anyway. But when I get, um, you know, inquiries from, uh, uh, teenagers, I'm really, I, I just light up because there's just so much wisdom that I think we um, often ignore and say, well, they're just kids and, you know, but that's not true, especially in your case. Now you're 15, correct? Yeah. yeah. And you have self-published a book. Yeah. And you're already working on another book. Yeah. It's, it's completely, uh, it's in the editing process. It's going to be published in like a month and a half. That's amazing. So I just want to pause that for a second. That's already mind blowing to me because as I said, when I was 15, I don't know what I was doing, but not writing a book, I could tell you that. Um, but one of the things that that obviously attracted me to, to picking up the phone and talking to you was that you said that you have ADHD and that it actually helps you. So let's, let's just, yeah, let's just go back for a second here. So to you, I, I, I sometimes ask that question to you, what is ADHD. That's different for everybody. I have a lot of people. I know a lot of people with ADHD. I can't. I can't really describe it. It's a very hard thing to describe. I guess. For me, I guess it could either just be coming up with ideas super fast, or talking too fast, or just kicking my leg around when I shouldn't be. So I don't really have a specific definition for it because it's. I guess it's kind of a lot of things, and it's different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Different uh, uh, symptoms, as they call them. I call them behaviors, right? Um, what's the earliest memory that you have uh, of this word being dropped into your life? Probably elementary school. I, I can't quite remember the grade, but definitely probably like elementary school, probably like third grade or something like that around that time. And do you remember the context? Was it a good thing, a bad thing, an okay thing, or just... I don't remember. All I know is that I was a little too crazy for what schools wanted. Uh, that's that's what I remember. A little a little too hyper for them. Mm -hmm. So at the time, you just felt that that label meant that you're just a little too hyper in general, or maybe not of the norm. Yeah. You said crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And did you? Is that is that is that a feeling that carried you carried throughout your childhood that maybe you were a little too much? Uh, slightly, 
when it elementary school yeah for sure not so much like middle school and now in high school but throughout elementary school 100 percent. and how would that show up like like would, would that stand in your way would you uh you know do yeah. You, yeah can you tell me a little bit about that how uh, you feel it, would, it would definitely like ruin some things in elementary school you could say like making friend groups because uh in elementary school yes kids are wild but it's it's a little more difficult to make friends i would say back then and especially with adhd if you're a little bit too crazy no one's gonna want to talk to you so i i feel like it's harder to meet new people that actually will enjoy being around you with adhd in elementary school and were there other kids that also had adhd or any kind of spectrum disorders that mm -hmm. yeah like my my best friend i met him in elementary school we're still best friends to this day he has He's on the uh, autism spectrum. So we became very good friends really fast. So I feel like it was easier to make, I was usually really just friends with the people that had some sort of quote unquote disorder. Uh, and that's that's how I was in middle, I mean, so not middle, elementary school, making friends with those kind of people. And I'm assuming there was some kind of feeling maybe of outcast at times from the other kids or how did that show up? Not extreme outcasts. I wouldn't say because I didn't really like hanging out with a ton of people. So I was kind of fine just having like one or two friends, but I feel like for other kids, if they, you know, just had like a couple friends, like I did, they might've felt that way. I don't feel like I did, but I feel like a lot of other people definitely could have felt like that. Mm. And just to clarify, I didn't mean, obviously it's elementary school. It's not like yeah. they're intentionally mean. But a lot of kids are aware that somebody needs more help than they do. Oh, yeah, people, yeah. Right. So, uh, and, and, and tell me about um, your experience with, so your parents uh, um, at that time, obviously had you diagnosed and then did you get any medication for it? Yeah, I had medication. It was a couple of different things. I don't remember any of the names for them or even what they looked like. I remember one was like a little blue thing, like a little pill. I don't I don't remember what they were, but I, I took medication from early elementary school until either the very end of elementary school or the beginning of middle school. But I, I got off of it a couple of years ago. And how did it make you feel from what you remember during elementary school when you first started? Uh, I, I definitely got quieter, quieter. Uh, it, I feel like it helped a little bit. Uh, it was weird because I remember like beginning of elementary school, if when I wasn't on it, I was, uh, you know, like crazy, like I said, kicking legs around, screaming, all that kind of stuff, acting like a, like a toddler. And then I definitely got a little calmer. That's really all I remember because it was so long ago. So yeah. definitely had an effect though. Mm hmm. And you so you so you took it all the way you said through uh, 13 like a couple years ago. Yeah, I would, I would say I probably stopped taking it 12 or 13. And why why did you guys decide to stop? Uh, my dad just kind of was like stop. It also was um, it was one of the meds I forgot what it was started stunting my growth too. So uh, he was like, yeah, I don't want to on this anymore. So kind of just stopped taking them. And how was that like to come off of that of it? At first, I was crazy because I was so used to being on them. I didn't know how to act when I wasn't on them. So middle, yeah, I think it was seventh grade, which made seventh grade really hard because I wasn't used to not being on them. So I acted crazy. And in seventh grade, it's really hard to make friends if you're different. So yeah, 
seventh grade was a horrible year for me. Uh, seventh, eighth grade both were because you know, I was just getting off them and acting way different than I used to, kind of slowly getting used to not taking them. Even crazier mm-hmm. than when I wasn't on them in the first place. So, and so, how did you for the last two years? What helped you uh, stay focused, or what helped you, uh, or, or did you notice that you were now more focused because you had taken medication for years, or did you have to retrain your yourself, your brain, uh, to to focus again for the last? I, two don't, years? I don't even remember. I just remember I was crazy in seventh grade. I couldn't focus on anything. Definitely didn't get the best grades. Eighth grade, same thing, but I somehow got worse grades. And then I think it was over the summer, like between eighth and ninth grade, that I kind of started focusing more. And then I'm better now. So now I now I kind of act like I did when I was on them, which is focused, calm, uh, can control my behavior. Uh, but I, I definitely wasn't a couple of years ago. And what would you say, how come you can now focus and control your behaviors? Like, what would you attribute that to? I've kind of just seen the way people act when I don't and uh, just like how it affected me and I didn't like it. So I kind of just forced myself to learn uh, other people around me's behavior. And then I can, I kind of have an on switch now, an off switch. So I can kind of switch back and forth between acting crazy or calm if I need to. So you, so you're saying that you were, uh, kind of almost observing and mimicking other people's calm behavior that you could see, Oh, I can do that too. And then they'll like, they'll like me better or they won't give me trouble or whatever. Yeah. Not, not to like me better. I really never cared if someone liked me or not. That was never an issue for me, but it was, uh, it was the other thing you said. So I didn't want them to like me, but just, you know, just accept, I guess. Yeah. Like not, uh, yeah. Right. Thanks for correcting me on that. Yeah. I meant more like they don't, they don't call you crazy or they want to run from you, but yeah. they're like, they'll hang out or they'll consider you, let's just use the word normal, but you know, yeah. so you have an on and off switch now is what you're saying. Yeah. I can control it. It kind of scares my friends. <laughs> like uh, the other day, my friend, I was walking to his grandma's car cause I was going to his house. And he was like, listen, you got to act normal around my parents. I'm like, don't worry, watch this. The second we stepped in the car, he was like, dude, it's like you switched personalities. I don't know how you did that. And it kind of scares my friends how wow. fast I can switch now. So when you say when you say you act crazy now at 15, what does that look like? Because I, I don't know. I don't hang I don't out. With I, I don't know. It's It's weird because a lot of people expect high schoolers to kind of be like more like um than like elementary schoolers but they're the same but just bigger mm. well they are high schoolers act just like third graders do except they're smarter that's what i'll say so i guess kind of like that just imagine putting a bunch of little kids in a room with no boundaries that's mm. how we act yeah so but do you th- do you think that you're uh more crazy or crazier than your normal friends if you're stuck in a room and all just goofing off and doing yeah, stuff we're all the same at this point yeah. Same. So I'm not crazy or I'm probably the least crazy out of all my friends. <laughs> well, that, that's fascinating. So I want to talk about where writing comes in. Talk yeah. to me. When did you discover writing? Uh, at what age? Seven, I think. I knew I was like doing like comics before that. But I'm not going to count those. So when I was seven years old, uh, my mom took me to some summer program where they would like, you would write, like handwrite a short story. They would send it to the Library of Congress and it'd be like on their file. And 
I did that and I was like, I hated the writing portion because you know, it was handwritten, but I was like, I really like creating stories. So I just kept on writing things, writing things. I used to write little like two page novels and try to sell them to my parents for money. <laughs> In not elementary, sorry, middle school, I started taking classes like creative writing where I would write longer stories, like 10, 15 pages. And then in eighth grade, when I couldn't focus in science, I would just, I just wrote a book. I wrote a 300 page novel and I was going to publish it. And then file got deleted because my Google account was deleted. Beginning of ninth grade, I started working on another project because I just enjoy writing because it helps take my mind off things. I always have ideas flowing for ADHD, like things are always going in. Mm. And uh, that's now my first published novel. Wow. And so you've been writing and writing. Where do video games fit in? Walk me through that, because I have a 14-year-old right now that's completely uh, into video games and the 11-year-old too. Like, how does that balance in your life? I'm not the biggest fan of video games. So I like them, but did, did I, you play I, them. Did you play them at what age and how did yeah, you, I, I don't think I've played a video game in a month. Maybe oh. I went the entire year of 2021 without playing one. Like I don't play them a lot. Mm-hmm. They're fun, but I feel like you don't actually get any. I learned that like when you're playing video games, you're not actually contributing anything. And at least when I write, it can make me money and video games can't. So Wow. Yeah. That's a very, that's a very mature way to look at it because, uh, obviously video games are distractions and, you know, it's entertainment, but, um, it's entertainment, but very brief. You're not going to get anything done with your life. If you do that, it's not creative or you're not creating anything other than maybe an experience. Right. But writing that'll last forever. Right. It's out there in the world for the rest of your life. Video games are there and they're gone. So, Sure, like with video games, you can replay the same thing over and over again. It gets boring. Like with writing, though, I can do whatever I want, change as many things as I want, come up with whatever I want. It's just a lot more productive. And were you, how did you uh, acquire, uh, say, grammar, uh, spelling, all that stuff? Was it just a regular school process where you just got better uh-huh. and better at it? No, my mom, she, she, uh, she majored in something in college, had to do with grammar. So she's like the grammar police in the house. So she's just, she's been like constantly on me about that all my life. So I've kind of just been forced to learn that. So I just got that from her. Not a bad thing to be forced to learn. It's really not. It's really not. Yeah. And would you say, do you handwrite as well? No, you type, right? My handwriting, I can't even read it. So yeah, I I have the same thing. Like not only can I not read it, but also it's too slow. I can't, I have so many thoughts so quickly that I can't, the, my my hand's not fast enough to translate. Oh, exactly. 100%. Yeah. And again, like, like I said earlier with like how ideas keep on coming in with it for ADHD for writing, that's also, it's just as bad as it is good because I'm currently writing another book, my third book. Uh, it's titled Remorse and Regret. I love this plot. I'm writing it, but then as I'm writing it, I'll get bored and come up with an entire new book plot. And then I'll focus on that other thing, completely forget about the other one. And then I'll come up with a new thing. And then I have like 10 side projects that I all need to finish. And then it just builds up stress. So at the same time, yeah, I constantly get ideas, but they kind of pile up on each other. So I never, I never focus on one that I need to end up focusing on 10 at a time, which just becomes stressful. And how do you manage that? Or how do you keep yourself? I force myself. It's hard. So 
Yeah. I mean, uh, Hey, at 15, uh, <laughs> we're trying to get our kids to eat breakfast and get out the door on time. You know what I mean? Gotta balance a lot of stuff. I'm studying Japanese in school. I got to balance that with writing. So wow. a lot of stuff. Well, let's talk about your book. So the one you uh, published that's available on Amazon, right? Yes. That's right here. There it is. It's called. Maniacal. Yeah. Maniacal. Yeah. And then we're going to put a link in the show notes. Um, so you can get the book because we want to support our our Asher and our teen authors for sure. Um, yeah. So talk to me. How did this idea come about? What is it about? So this is actually a huge step out of my comfort zone, this book, because uh, I typically like the book that's coming out next. I don't have a cover for it, but like this is the size the viewers can't see. But let's just say that the size difference is huge. It's double. Uh, yes. The next it's, one's yeah, double. It's double. Uh, I typically like writing like drama, thriller, that kind of stuff. I like getting in the viewers' heads. This was a maniacal was a huge step outside my comfort zone. So I got the idea because it was either I think it was late 2021. There's this TV show called Slasher. I don't know if any of you guys know that show. Um, I haven't heard. No, I haven't uh, heard, but I'm sure some people four, know. Yeah, season four. I watched it and I loved it now because I I've loved slashers since I was like like the slasher genre since I was like seven also same age I started writing and I was like I feel like there's not enough books like this like that's literally the only thought I had so I kind of just pulled out my computer and started coming up with a plot and ideas and those ideas ended up turning into what it is now which is sorry if you can hear my dogs which is now my first published novel wow pretty well so. And what's the what's the 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 short the elevator pitch? What is it about? So it's it's kind of it's just an easy read. It's I wouldn't say it's super cliche, but it's one of those you know slasher like scream and whatnot, where it just follows the teenagers as usual. But it's it's kind of different because of like the location. So it follows a group of high school seniors who are not going to see each other after the summer. So the main character, his name is Eric Maddox. He buys this vacation home on some island in California. Uh, and his friends just basically go there for a week to have fun, party, do teenage things. But the house has a pretty bad uh, like backstory, pretty dark past. Uh, like about 20 years earlier, there was a massacre that occurred in the house and that's why he bought it because he loves the history. And I think it's like a day into their trip, the same killer, from the the 90s where the original massacre happened is back and all of his friends just start getting killed so he and some really unprofessional local police officers have to figure out who it is uh or who they are before everyone is killed got it yeah sounds like your typical who done it, right? Well, it's exactly, who done yeah. it, and, and let's save at least one teenager so they're not all dead. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you guys, uh, I guess we'll guys have to see, you know? We'll have to see. Well, I I definitely um, I definitely want a copy because I think my my 14-year-old is kind of into he, he He keeps he keeps, keeps telling me, Dad, let's go see. Uh, what's the latest one he wanted to see? Uh, scary movie that just came out. Scream 6? Which one? Was it Scream 6? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I loved that movie. It was great. Really? Was it good? It was real. I would suggest letting him see it. It was good. Okay. Well, maybe I'll go see it with him. It'll be like a bonding experience, you know? Yeah, I saw it with my mom. It was, I loved it. 
Uh, I, I'm just not, I didn't grow up with like slasher films and I'm uh -huh. not into them, but I did see, uh, I know what you did last summer in those movies. I did see a few of them and it was okay. Yeah. It was entertaining. You yeah. Know? I've, I've been, I, I've been in love with John, like I said, since seven, but I've been watching them since three. Wow. My dad sat me down on a couch one day, put on nightmare on Elm street. <laughs> not very happy with him at all. I don't know what he was thinking either, showing me Resident Evil and Nightmare on Elm Street when I was three years old. Wow. But, uh, yeah. Would you say your dad's the influence? Does he li like slasher movies? He hates them. He hates he, oh. he hates horror movies. He hates all that kind of stuff. So I have no idea why. Interesting. Wow. My mom's the one. My mom's the horror lover. We're the one that watch horror movies together. So I don't know why he showed me them. Oh, okay, got it. So it's mom's also her favorite genre. I, no, she likes paranormal found footage. Mm, mm, okay. That's a very specific thing. That's, that's what my next book's about, kind of found footage in a novel, though. So, ah, so kind of like a Blair Witch project or... Yeah, actually, kind of. It does take place in the woods in the Siberian taiga, and it does... It's instead of, like, your typical ghost, I decided to take the antagonist from Slovakian mythology. Hmm. So... Interesting. I love that. And you just research that you'll come up with an idea and then you'll. Yeah. 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 The, how I came up with that idea was actually kind of funny. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, tell us. So I was in English class and, and uh, basically I was just on Google board and I looked up Bear Grylls. I'm assuming you know who that is. Uh, nope. No. Oh, okay. Well, he, what he does is he's has this show called man vs. wild. Where he goes out into yep. the wilderness. You know that, right? I've heard of the show, yeah. So what I took was I took two best friends. Uh, they're in their late 40s. They've been doing this all their life. And they're getting older, so they can't risk as much as they used to because they have families, they have kids. So for their series finale, they – I can actually – I can just read the synopsis if you want me to. On the oh, yeah. Go for it, yeah. What it says is Adam Barker and his best friend Dick Collins are adventurers. They have a TV show about doing wild things that they started back in their early 20s, but now they're in their late 40s and they aren't able to risk as much as they used to. They're filming their final season and they have to come up with the perfect finale, a seven-day trip in Siberia, one of the most dangerous places in the world, and it would be the perfect end to their career. A great final risk uh, to take. Sorry, it's a, there's a little thing covering this right here. No worries. Before, let me just pull it up on this. It'll be a lot easier to read where it's not covered by things. Yeah, we don't want nothing covered. So, yeah, why don't you start over so we get into it? Apologies, guys. Like, yeah, no worries. Adam Barker and his best friend Dick Collins are adventurers. They have a TV show about doing wild things that they started back in their 20s. But now they're in their late 40s and aren't able to risk as much as they used to. They're filming their final season and now they have to come up with their perfect finale. Seven-day trip in the taiga. It's one of the most dangerous places in the world, and it would be a perfect end to their career. A great final risk to take. Before they even get to Siberia, Adam starts to have strange dreams and visions that warn him not to go, because if he does, he will have horrific consequences. In these dreams, he finds, a, he finds out about a Slavic god named Leshy, a forest demon that doesn't like intruders. He ignores these dreams and travels to Siberia for the finale with his partner. For the first couple of days, everything is fine, but then Adam's dreams start occurring more often, and he realizes that the horrendous things in his dreams are happening in reality. The perfect series finale becomes a nightmare that has no escape. And... The t book is titled The Trees Are Breathing, and that releases May. I love it. I love it. So your current book, 
maniacal, yes. right, is out. Yeah. And then the trees are breathing is coming in May. Yeah. That's amazing. And you said you're also working on a third one. Yeah. Currently writing that one right now. It should be, it's going to be my slowest novel, but I, I mean it to be like that because it's more of a drama than it's, it's a horror novel, but it's more of a drama, which I like. I like a lot of people don't like slow novels, but I really like building characters more than anything. So, uh, it's probably going to be my longest novel. I'm assuming 400 to 500 pages. And uh, so, so you will have written three novels by the time you're 18, if not more. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also have a fourth one planning out currently. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've written multiple novels. Just I had a Google account that got hacked and deleted that had like three full written books. Wow. Very sad about that. That's, yeah, that's, that's a big loss. Were they all, all similar genre? No, not at all. One of them was a ghost story, which is what my next one is because I wanted to write a ghost story and I loved how my other one went. So that's why I'm writing this one that got deleted. And then I had a trilogy, which was like a sci-fi fantasy. And those also got deleted and I was devastated. Yeah. That's, that's, that sucks in plain English, right? Yeah, that's. Wow. That's as you can say. It's just, it's awful. So it looks, I mean, obviously it sounds like for you, the, the label ADHD or the behaviors that you have are uh, clearly helping you. They're like, I hate to use the word superpower. It's such a cliche, but you're using it, right? Yeah, of course. Of course I am. I have to take advantage of it. Yeah. And you basically are, um, you know, you're taking on your passion, what you love. You're not going to try to go out and get a job. It's being an accountant, sitting at a desk, you know. Writing is a job and my ADHD helps it. So I might as well take advantage of that. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's interesting when, um, you know, you look at uh, this, this, what they call disorder, ADHD, the behaviors, the, the nervous system that's you know, sort of like on high alert and you're taking in all this information. I mean, you're as a writer, obviously you want to take in as much information as possible. Of course, yeah. Have you ever thought of screenwriting as well for film or? No, I used to back in like elementary school and like throughout middle school, I used to do short films, but I was absolutely awful. So I might, my friend, he really likes filming. So I might do screenwriting soon, but it's not typically uh, what I enjoy doing. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, explore it and see if you like it, right? It's a different medium, but it's still storytelling, obviously. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Do you have any advice for kids? I mean, I know you do, but like what advice for kids your age or just kids in general that have been uh, diagnosed with ADHD would you give? Um, with, for you, any of you out there, kids, adults, old people, whatever, uh, newborns, newborns will be listening, but anybody, I mean, anybody, if you have ADHD, don't, I, I, it's going to sound cliche when I say this, but don't let people treat you different because of it. They typically won't, but still just try to be yourself. And if you notice, like I did, that people are treating you different for being crazy with ADHD, it's actually very easy to pick up other, pick up things. So try to do what I did, pick up other people's behaviors and build that on off switch because uh, it's a very easy thing for people with ADHD to do me and all of my friends with ADHD have done it I would try to do that and if you don't want to do that you just want to be how you are that's totally fine and I doubt anyone's going to judge you for it so just people with ADHD just don't let that change you 
and use it to your advantage for whatever you want to do. If you want to write books, perfect, do that. If you want to write movies, do that. Even if like you want to have a boring job, like an account or something, you can use that to help you. ADHD can help you in a lot of ways. And I would take advantage of it if you have it. That's great. I love, I love what you said about observing other people and learning their behaviors and, you know, yeah. And it's, it's also something I haven't heard that yet from a, uh, a young person with ADHD. So I think it's a really cool skill. I mean, it helps you in general in life to observe yeah. people. Right. Um, um, lastly, how, how many hours a day do you write or when do you write? It depends. I typically try to go for a thousand words a day, which I used to do every day, but it's very hard now because this semester of school is particularly stressful, but usually a thousand words a day. But then on top of that, I have to do marketing and track sales, business, uh, emails, podcast pitches. So it's like a, like a 35 hour week when it comes to working. Wow. So incredible that's really cool at, at 15 full-time job but. right right but you're also 15 i just want to yeah. say i acknowledge you for uh having achieved already so much at 15 um i think you're it's very inspiring to see you be so driven and so present and creative uh and, and having this message for people so i just you know i wish you the best with all the books we're going to list uh the link to the first book Thank you. And then just keep me posted when the second one's out, I can add the link to the same show Perfect. notes. Um, and it was a pleasure having this conversation with you. And I wish you as an author and as a human, obviously, I wish you an amazing life, lots of success. And, and, and thanks again for, for being on the show. Thank you again so much for having me on. It's been great.